Hi, I'm Darcy Harris, and I want to personally welcome you to the Alpha Mare Academy. I've worked exclusively with female business owners since 1999, and I've seen how hungry they are for the knowledge and tools they need to be successful and live the lives they want. I know how much they want to grow themselves and grow their businesses. That's why we launched the Alpha Mare Academy. We call it the Alpha Mare Academy because much of what I learned about myself and being a leader came from my experience with horses. In every herd of horses, there is one horse recognized to be in charge, and that horse is always a mare. It's a great responsibility to be the Alpha Mare. It's her duty to tend to the safety and well-being of the entire herd. The other horses look to her for leadership, boundaries, and wise choices. The Alpha Mare is self-assured, strong, and confident. She leads with grounded, authentic power. To me, that sounds a lot like what it takes to be a business owner. It takes courage to be an entrepreneur, so the Alpha Mare Academy is all about strengthening you, teaching you the skills, providing you the tools, and most important, helping you grow yourself. Since you're listening to this, I can already tell that you are a woman who wants to learn and grow, so let's get started. You're listening to Create a Better Life for You and Yours. I'm going to start with a question. Have you ever seen the movie Shirley Valentine? Now that's an old movie made back in the 80s, but it's a great one. Pauline Collins plays Shirley, a middle-aged Liverpool housewife who finds herself talking to the wall while she prepares her husband's dinner, wondering what happened to her life. One of my favorite lines from the movie is when Shirley looks directly into the camera, as if she were talking directly to you, and says, You know, we don't really do what we want in life. We do what we have to, and we say it's what we want. Wow, what a powerful aha moment Shirley had. Shirley, of course, is a fictional character, but Gloria Steinem said something similar in her autobiography, Moving Beyond Words. She said, I'd been responding to outside emergencies for so long that I'd lost what little I had of the muscle that allows us to act instead of react. Both women, real and fictional, speak to the harsh reality of living on autopilot. What's interesting to me is the contrast in their lives of both too little and too much. While Shirley Valentine was bored and living in a world that grew smaller and more shallow each day, Gloria Steinem's life was full and expansive, yet the demands left her burned out and fragmented. There are consequences to not living intentionally. That's why today we're talking about how to create a personal vision for your life so that you can create a better life for you and yours. This personal vision will become like a compass that guides you, helps you choose your direction and stay on course. Now just imagine that you're going to take a trip. What's the first thing you do? You choose where you want to go, right? 
You don't just show up at the airport and see which flights are leaving, although that kind of sounds like fun to me too. So if I'm planning a trip, I have to be aware of what kind of experience I want. Do I want to veg out at the beach for a week, fall asleep in a lounge chair in the sun reading a book? Or on this trip, do I want to explore an exotic city and learn something about a new culture? Maybe I'd rather go on an outdoors-type trip with hiking, horseback riding, whitewater rafting. Actually, I love to travel, and each of those trips sounds like fun to me. But if your life works like mine, I'm not able to go everywhere I want. So that means having to make choices, having to prioritize. So I have sort of a mental list of the top five places I'd like to visit. Then, if a friend calls and says, Hey, would you like to go on a camping trip in Wyoming this fall? I can quickly scan my top five travel wish list and see that, No, I don't think camping in Wyoming in the fall is on that list. Now, maybe I could still go, but that might mean that my resources of time and money can't be devoted to the trip to Cape Cod this summer that I said I really wanted to do because I've spent those time, those resources of time and money on camping in Wyoming. Everything else about your trip flows out of your decision about your destination. The route you take, whether you fly or drive, how long you plan to be away, the kinds of clothes you take, all these choices will depend on where you want to go. How would you know whether to take shorts and tank tops or turtlenecks and fur-lined gloves if you didn't know your ultimate destination? There is no right or wrong decision. The point is, you get to choose your destination. You get to choose your experience. You get to choose based on your own curiosity, your own inner longing, your own idea of fun, relaxation, or adventure. And that's the point of having a personal vision. You are imagining, creating, and choosing your ultimate destination. Creating a personal vision is your opportunity to dream, to consider all the possibilities, and to think big. If you have a personal vision, you prevent the possibility of just living on autopilot, then waking up one day and realizing there were things you wanted to do, places you wanted to see, people you wanted to know, things you wanted to accomplish, and experiences you wanted to have, but now it's too late. The important part of your personal vision is not just the final vision. The important part, really, is listening to yourself. The important part is being intentional. The important part is being aspirational. Let's take that vacation metaphor a little farther just to make a point. Imagine a friend invites you to take a trip with her. You have no input in the planning and when you arrive you discover that you're staying at a charming little bed and breakfast in the mountains. But what you would really enjoy is a luxury resort with a spa and a pool. My point is, if you don't choose, you may get something considerably different 
than what you'd hoped for. Over the last five, maybe ten years, there's been much published and quite a bit of talk about visioning, about dreaming big dreams. I love the idea of dreaming and thinking big. I love it for myself, and I love seeing other women really explore their full potential. I also think in this time of consciousness about vision, there's a wave of what I might call, oh, maybe new age thinking, oversimplified ideas that make it sound as though all you have to do is put a thought into the universe and something will happen. I call that magical thinking. I'm not sure it's quite that easy. And I've seen people become very disappointed, very disillusioned, when they, quote, put their thoughts into the universe and nothing happened. So while I don't want to burst any bubbles here, I do think that achieving your vision takes a bit more than just putting thoughts into the universe. Some people work very hard at it. Others sacrifice quite a lot. It depends on what your vision is. When we start talking about a vision, part of the fun is thinking big, really dreaming big dreams. But let's differentiate those big dreams from what I would call an escape fantasy. I have escape fantasies too. When life gets too demanding, too many deadlines, too much to do for too long, I always think that I'd like to live at the beach. Of course, there's no stress at the beach. But you know, when push comes to shove, I realize that what I want is to live right where I am. I'd just like to be better at avoiding those times when all my deadlines collide. In his book, Stumbling on Happiness, Daniel Gilbert says that research shows we not only have trouble foreseeing future events, but we have more trouble foreseeing how we will feel about them when they actually happen. So it's difficult to actually predict what our ideal life would look like because we may never have experienced anything close to it. So how do we know if we'd really like it? For example, I have a friend who wanted to be a nurse from childhood on, but through a certain set of circumstances, ended up doing uh, work in HR and as well as being a comptroller. At age 57, she decided to act on this childhood dream of being a nurse, to act on this vision. She sold everything, her house and most of her furnishings, so that she could quit her job and go to nursing school. She studied hard for two years, and believe me, it wasn't easy memorizing pharmacology terms and anatomy at age 57, but she did it. She graduated and went to work for a hospital. And you know what? It turns out she hated nursing. Or more accurately, she enjoyed nursing, but hated the bureaucracy of the medical systems. It turns out that she knew so little about what nursing was really like that her dream, her vision, was not very realistic. So she accomplished her dream, but in the end, it wasn't what she was really looking for. Some of us don't really know what our dream is. There are too many choices. That's why it's important to go deep, not to be misled or fooled by surface desires. I also think there's a difference between having a vision for maybe 10, 15, or 20 years in the future 
and having a vision for what we'd really like our lives to look like, feel like, and live like in the near future. Those are two very different visions. So for this visioning exercise, instead of asking you, picture your ideal life, or what is my dream life, which may lead you to a very false or unrealistic picture, I'm going to start with a simple question. What does a better life look like for you and yours? I think asking the question this way gives us an opportunity to aspire, to dream, and still be grounded in reality. I like using a four-step process for getting to this personal vision, and I'm going to walk you through the four steps briefly right now to outline the process, then I'll go over the, each of them in more detail. So right now, whether you're listening at your desk or in your car, maybe walking the dog, maybe you're waiting for a flight at the airport, just ask yourself, what does a better life look like for me and my loved ones? And then just take the first thought that comes to mind for you and turn that into a picture, not an abstract thought, but a picture. For example, if your answer to a better life for you and your loved ones was more money, well, that means many things to many different people. Does that mean you need to replace an aging car? If so, picture your new car. Does it mean you need a bigger house? If so, picture the type of house that you dream of. Or does it mean peace of mind about your retirement? If so, picture your IRA statement with the balance you'd like to see. Now, after you have that picture, get a picture in your mind of where you are in the present. So, to just follow the examples I used, picture your current car, your current house, or your current IRA balance. I really want you to get a visual image and not an abstract idea. Then, the next step is to get a visual picture in mind of what moving forward from the present to the future looks like. What action do you need to take? What do you need to do? Is there something you need to learn? Does it mean getting more new clients? Would you need to hire someone to supplement your skills? What will move you forward from your current reality toward your desired vision? So that's a quick overview of the four steps to creating a better life for you and yours. Of course, you'll want to spend some time really reflecting on your personal vision. So let's go through this in more detail. And I hope you're in a, a quiet place where you can pause the tape as you need to and just jot down your thoughts. Let yourself be in a reflective state of mind, a place where you have some time to think and create and a place where you are uninterrupted. And once again, ask yourself, what does a better life look like for me and my loved ones? Now, don't force this. You need to be in the right frame of mind, and it can't be contrived. For me, that open space actually happens at unexpected times, in the shower, on long car trips, and especially on a plane. That's perfectly fine, 
just begin a little notebook about what you think during those times. I don't know, maybe I'm just oppositional, but if I try to make it happen, if I try to force it, what comes out is very stiff and contrived. So just be easy with this. As you imagine what a better life looks like for you, the next step is convert your thoughts into a picture, a physical picture. We want to go from some abstract intellectual thought process to a very real, tangible image. So why are images more important than words? Creating a mental picture helps you get specific. So if your first thought about a better life was less stress, then take that another step and say, what does less stress look like? Does that mean I spend more time relaxing, reading, watching movies, enjoying friends? Get an actual picture in your mind of what less stress looks like. Perhaps part of your better life includes a vacation home somewhere. Get an actual visual image in mind and be as specific as possible. Concrete images are less abstract than words and that makes them more real and makes them easier to remember. For example, if I asked you, remember the definition of justice, that would be pretty hard. But if I asked you, remember the house you grew up in, that memory would probably come to mind very quickly because the second one is a visual picture and the first one is just about words. Step number three, as these images come to mind, create a storyboard. Now, I actually hesitate to say this because I can just imagine you thinking, yeah, right, in my spare time, I'm going to do something equivalent to a sixth grade art project. So this is not meant to be stressful. Just be easy on yourself. You can collect pictures over a period of time from anywhere, and I found it's especially easy to do this online. Or if you read magazines, you can notice pictures in magazines and clip them out. If you're good at sketching, just sketch out your image that represents your desire. It's up to you. Then start to collect your images in a file or a folder either an electronic folder for photos um, or an actual manila file. What I've done for my storyboard is very simple. I use my iPad. You can copy any image from your iPad or tablet to a photo folder specifically for your personal vision and that's all it takes. You just want to have those visual images where you can look at them, where they're all together and you can look at them. And then ultimately, you'll want to construct your storyboard. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and put them up on your refrigerator with kitchen magnets. Do whatever feels best for you. What we're getting at is that I want you to be able to see those images on a regular basis. And step number four is, what I'd like you to end up with is a visual image for your ideal dream, 
what your current reality is now and what making progress looks like. So you will want to collect pictures, either electronically or from hard copies, of pictures that represent your ideal dream, what your current reality is now, and what making progress looks like. For example, if your dream vision includes a beach house, find a photo of one, either online or in a magazine, then snap a quick photo of your current home, and then look for a photo of something that represents to you moving toward your dream house. During the time that you are reflecting on the question, what does a better life look like for you and yours, I'm going to give you a few areas to consider. It's easy to focus just on the material because that is more concrete, it looks more tangible, but for your vision to be inspiring, you'll find that the key to a more rewarding life is going beyond the material things. So I would encourage you to give some thought to each of these areas. Your business and professional life. How many hours a week do you want to work? Do you want to include less business travel or more? What monthly income do you want? What are the sources of that income? What staff do you want? Another area of life is your financial or material things that we've already talked about. What would you like to own that brings a better life for you and yours? Would you like a college fund for your children? And if so, how much? Be specific. What amount do you want in your retirement fund? Would you like to own rental property? And if so, how many? What is your vision for being debt-free? Then move on to think about relationships. Describe what you'd like your relationships to look like. Describe your friendships. Do you have a partner or spouse? And what would you like that relationship to look like? Be as specific as you can. And then we have the area of lifestyle or recreation. How much travel would you like? Where would you really like to go? What do you want for relaxation, fun, or recreation? Do you enjoy having friends over for dinner? Do you like to attend educational or intellectual events like book clubs or lectures? Another area is your community life. What type of community involvement do you want? Would you like to be politically active? Do you have a favorite volunteer or service pro project? And then it's important to consider your spiritual needs. What keeps you grounded to your values? Would you like a relationship with a church or a religious institution? Or do you desire a regular or daily meditation or prayer time? Perhaps your spiritual needs get met through nature. Each one of us has a very individual response to those questions. So that covers the areas of life to think about, and I really would encourage you to be easy with yourself in this process. I'll share with you that I've done exercises like this before, and I've actually been given a handout 
with a large circle divided into equal pieces like slicing up a pie. Each portion was identical in size and each portion was labeled and was supposed to represent a specific area of my life. I found myself very resistant to doing a personal vision in that way. I understand that most of us want some type of balance in our lives, but when I, I think that when we start prescribing for others that their lives should fit into neat little boxes, it makes them feel imperfect or inadequate because real life is much more uneven and bumpy and lumpy. So maybe right now your business is taking up a disproportionate amount of space in your life. Or maybe you have young children who take a disproportionate amount of your time. Please, please do not beat yourself up for this. You may want to adjust and tweak, but let's be real. This is real life and not some idealized version. So as you go through the various areas of your life, just try to imagine what would bring a better life for you and those you love. And now it's time to think about action. Now you have a sense of your personal vision. Keep your storyboard where you can see it regularly and use it to help you make decisions. Every single day of our lives brings choices about how we spend our time, our money, and our energy. When you have your vision outlined, once you're intentional, you can begin each day with the question, how is what I am doing today moving me toward my vision? I think it's perfectly fine if you want to write that on a sticky note and put it on your bathroom mirror. Just to be reminded to be intentional. How is what I am doing today moving me toward my vision? Some things you're doing simply won't fit. At this stage where you take action to move in the direction of your dreams, you need to be very aware of any stories you may have in your head that could keep you from achieving your vision. A story is similar to a belief. It's like something running in the background, something you may not be conscious of. A story or a belief about the kind of person you are. For example, you might be a person who believes it's important to be on time. Somewhere in your subconscious, you have a story, in other words, a belief that says, I am the kind of person who is on time. Well, that would be a good thing. But conversely, if you're a person who is frequently late, you probably have somewhere in your subconscious a story that says, I am the kind of person who is always late. And what was it that happened for you to have you create that kind of story? Stories can work either for us or against us. As you work with your personal vision statement, when you create the vision of what you want, you have to have a corresponding process that allows you to change the story in your head that, says, that will allow you to say, I am the kind of person who can do this. For example, if your vision is to make $250,000 a year, 
it's important to know, do you have a story somewhere that would run counter to that? If you do, that would sabotage you without you really knowing it. You have to change that story. And just a side note here, to learn more about the stories in your life, look on our website for the series called The Alpha Mare, Embrace the Grace of Your Power. That series will take you very deeply into discovering your stories. Back to your personal vision now. Revisit your vision regularly and adjust it as your desires and your priorities change. Life isn't static, it's dynamic. Life changes. Your desires and taste change. Our family circumstances change. Your vision may shift and change over the course of your life. So your personal vision needs to change and adapt too. What matters is whether or not you are listening to your own inner voice, your own inner longing, or just to the voices of others, to the voices of society, convention, or family expectations. I hope that your personal vision energizes and inspires you. I hope it lifts your thoughts, your spirits, and your aspirations. And most of all, I hope it helps you create a meaningful life that brings you happiness. As we close, know that you can always count on the Alpha Mare Academy for resources to feed your mind and your spirit. We're here to help you think big and learn. We're here to help you go deeper and embrace the grace of your gifts and your power so that you can achieve your full potential. So please visit us again at alphamareacademy.com and know that I am wishing you the best as you pursue your version of success.